Welcome back, everyone, to 1001 Stories from the Old West. This is your host, John Hagedorn. And two stories, and two episodes of Tales of the Texas Rangers with Joel McRae. Enjoy. Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Another authentic reenactment of a case transcribed from the files of the Texas Rangers. and places in the following story are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. How does a radio network go about covering a national political convention? It could be simple. Just place a microphone on the rostrum and listen to the speeches. Well, that's one way, but it wouldn't bring you the real excitement and atmosphere of a convention. It wouldn't bring you anything of the -the behind-the-scenes plans and deals that are so much a part of the political game. These are the reasons why NBC sent more than 300 expert newsmen and technicians to Chicago to cover the Democratic Convention beginning Monday, July 21st. There's an NBC man for every four delegates. With NBC, you'll interview the delegates, hear the candidates in formal speeches and off-guard moments, and the myriad political technicalities will be made crystal clear by America's greatest newsmen. Yes, for complete, careful, concise coverage of the Democratic National Convention, make your headquarters the NBC Radio Network. You will find that their years of leadership in radio news reporting means continued leadership in the coverage of the Democratic Convention. Now, tales of the Texas Rangers. And now, from the files of the Texas Rangers, the case called Finger Man. It is just before noon on a sweltering day in August 1943. In the county jail at Dover, Texas, nine men are eating lunch at a table on the runway just outside their cells. Among the prisoners are Leon Desser and Carl Foley, serving one-year sentences for unlawful possession of firearms. Uh, It's hot. Yeah. Give me the bread for you. Lousy stew and it's hot weather. Makes my stomach sick just looking at it. Uh, how about the bread? I can feel the heat coming through that tin roof. They got no right putting a tin roof on this place. Uh, hey, you, you're going to get Will you quit crying? Well, I only want to... Yeah. Well, you didn't have to do that, Foley. Heat's bad enough without you crying in my ear. They'll be bringing that horn kid back from the courthouse any minute. Except he has your throwing food around and he's slapped you into solitary. Yeah, well, let him try. Oh, you, you talk big. Yes, sir. Hmm? We're going to bust out of here. You're crazy? We already done six months. Another six and they'll let us out. I ain't spending another day in this hot box. We're busting out. Fully, fully. Look, just six more months. It ain't long. Then we start knocking over stores again, and they won't be looking for us. You're chicken, Desser. I don't know why I ever picked you for a partner in the first place. <laughs> you know why? You like the way I open safes. Ain't that it, Fully? You're chicken. Look, I what? said we're busting out. Okay. How do you figure to do it? All these guys have got to be with us. Otherwise, it won't work. Hey, you guys. Listen. That's and me is busting out of here. You with us? How are you going to work it, Foley? Now, listen, listen, listen. It won't be tough. Deputy will be bringing that horn kid back. We'll hear him when he unlocks the outer door. The minute he opens the door into this runway, we jump him and get his keys. Yeah, that don't sound so easy. Shut kid. up. 
You guys in? Yeah. yeah. All right, all right, Ellis. Keep talking like we always do so as we don't tip our hands. Where are we going to go when we get out? First thing we got to do is get out. Yeah, well, if he yells Will you sheriff... shut up? Time the sheriff gets upstairs, we'll be out. And if we ain't? Sheriff don't want his deputy killed, does he? He's coming. Okay, you guys, now get ready. Don't jump till I give the word. Keep talking. You better match the inside their cell block began to riot. Unable to cope with the situation alone, the sheriff requested assistance from all law enforcement officers in the vicinity. First to arrive on the scene was Texas Ranger Jace Pearson. As he pulled up in front of the jail, he found the sheriff outside, his rifle trained on broken bars in a second-story window. Sure glad you got here, Jace. Don't know how much longer I could have managed alone. And we'll have some more help in 10 or 15 minutes. A couple of highway patrol units are on the way. And you can see where they busted out two of the bars in that window. Must have tore up one of the bunks to do it. Uh-huh. That rope they've let down looks like it was made out of mattress tickets. One of them started down just before you got here. Jumped back when I bounced a bullet off the side of the building. Just a matter of time before they've tried to use your deputy as a shield for a getaway. Yeah, and that's what worries me. If it hadn't been for Joe being up there, I'd have gone in. Yeah, it's just well you didn't try it alone. Anybody covering the side windows? Well, I deputized a few townspeople. Don't know how much good they'll be in a pinch. You tried to talk to the prisoners yet? Yeah, but I can't get any sense out of them. Mind if I try? I wish you would. Hey, you men up there. I can't talk to all of you. Pick one to speak for you. There, you see, that's all I could do. I sure hope they haven't done anything to Joe. Boys want me to talk for them. And listen. Go back to your cells, all of you. That's dirty, no Don't good. Don't forget us, Ranger. We know you won't do nothing while we got the deputy up here. You listen to what we got to say. What have you got to say? We're coming up. Now we ain't going to be shot at. I wouldn't try it if I were you. You'll never make it. We'll take that chance. That's folded, Jace. Him and his partner, Duster, are real bad apples. Yeah. Hey, Ranger. We want your gun. Yeah, we want your gun. The hammer that rope has got out the window. Then get back across the street and keep your hands up. Jace, I hate to say it, but if we want to save Joe, I reckon we ought to do what they tell us. That's something we won't do, no matter what happens. All right, come on, Ranger. Quit stalling us. You want something to happen to the deputy. How do we know he's all right? He's all right. We want to hear him tell us. He can't. We got him tied up and gagged. And take the gag out of his mouth. We want to hear him talk before we do anything else. Uh, wait a minute. Poor old Joe. I reckon he feels pretty bad about letting himself get tricked the way he did. Yeah. Deputy's ready to talk now. Speak to him, Sheriff. You all right, Joe? Yeah, I'm all right, Sheriff. What you better do if they want? That's not Joe. You positive? I've known Joe for 15 years. I could tell his voice any place. I'm afraid they've already done something to him. Get one of the townspeople to take over here, Sheriff. We're going up there. Yeah, Ted? Yo. Take over here, will you? Plug the first one, shows his head outside those bars. All right, Sheriff, I'll tell you. All right, Jason, I'm ready. Who else is up there besides Foley and Desser? Yeah, most of them are pretty tough boys. Five of them waiting trial for armed robbery. Desser and Foley are serving a term for carrying guns. Yeah, I heard that was all you could get on them. It don't seem like anybody's been too successful. I know. We got a list of 61 knob-knocking jobs we think Desser and Foley pulled. But so far, we've only been able to pin one offense on them. Yeah, and that was eight years ago, uh -huh. wasn't it? 
They did three years at Huntsville then. You got your set of keys with you, Sheriff? Mine and Joe's. They must have rushed him before he could get out, but he did manage to throw the keys through the bars. You didn't talk to him before you came outside? No. As soon as I got close to the cell block, they started yelling they'd kill Joe. Come any closer. Hey, Foley! The sheriff's coming. He's got the ranger with him. Okay. Thought we told you to try nothing funny, Ranger. Where's the deputy? He's in here. And you better keep away if you don't want something to happen to him. Jason. Jase, there's just a chance Joe might still be alive if we go in there. Foley, I'll give you ten seconds to bring the deputy out here where we can see him. Otherwise, we're coming in. Keep out of here, Ranger. I'm warning you. You're back from this door, all of you. Open it up, Sheriff. You sure have made a wreck of this place. Yeah. Now get back into your cells. Come on, move. Now be careful, Jase. I said get back into those cells. And don't get any funny ideas, Desser. Uh, what's a gun? I, I wasn't going to point it. Now, honest, Ranger. Now, all of you get moving. Right. Keep moving. You, Foley, pick up your feet. Yeah, pick it up. Now, get in your cells, all of you. All right, Sheriff. Lock him up. Okay, Jase. All right, keep back there, Shikoni. Pretty tough, ain't you, Ranger, huh? Bet you wouldn't try coming up here without them guns. Where's the deputy? Why don't you look for him? We've had just about enough smart talk out of you, Foley. You ain't even begun hearing from me. Well, that does it, Jace. Yeah. Now well, we gotta find out what. Over here, Sheriff. What? Between the bench and the table. It's Joe. Hey, we better get a doctor. No use, Sheriff. He's dead. Deputy had been stabbed to death. After a short search, we found the murder weapon, a blood-stained fork. While we waited for the justice of the peace to authorize removal of the body, I took the fork downstairs and checked it for fingerprints. It had been wiped clean. And I went back to the runway in front of the cells. Any luck, Jace? No. Have you talked to him? Not yet. I've been waiting for you. All right, men. One of you killed the deputy. Now I want to know who it was. Don't you wish you knew, copper? Shut up, Foley. Are you ready to talk? How about you? I don't know nothing, Ranger. You, Foley? You're wasting your time. Nobody's going to tell you nothing. Desser? Me? I, I didn't do it. Who did? I, I didn't see nothing. Uh, maybe the deputy fell. Maybe it was an accident. You keep your mouth shut, Foley. Yeah, you... Okay. Then every one of you is going to be booked for murder. Hey, all right, all right. We'll give you one last chance. We'll talk to you individually. Maybe one of you will change your mind. He's trying to make stool pigeons out of us. We ain't going to let him do that, are we, boys? Oh, no, right. Well, it's up to you. Unless somebody talks, all of you take the rap. All right, Foley, you're first. Don't worry, boys. You ain't going to get nothing out of me. Oh, and he won't get nothing out of the rest of you, will he? Take him downstairs, Sheriff. Come on, Foley. I'm getting tired, Ranger. When are you going to take me back up to my cell? When I'm through talking to you. Who killed the deputy? Takes a long time for you to catch on to something, don't it? I got nothing to say. Did you see him killed? How do I know? Things happen pretty fast up there. Reckon he got in somebody's way. Whose idea was it to break out of jail? We all got the idea at the same time. It's hot up there. Can't expect men to stay in a place like that when there's a chance of getting out. I got Desser out here, Jace, whenever you're ready. You can bring him in now, Sheriff. Come on, Desser. Don't push me, Come Sheriff. Come on. You didn't tell him nothing, did you, Foley? You think I'm nuts? That's enough talk. Come on, Foley. Let's go back upstairs. See, you keep your mouth shut, Desser. I told you to pipe down. Sit down, Desser. Yeah. Thanks, Ranger. But I got nothing to say. Nothing at all. The sheriff tells me you served six months of your term. 
Yeah, six months. Yeah. Only six more to go. Then you could have been out. It wasn't my idea to bust out of here, Range, honestly. Whose idea was it? Well, even if I didn't deserve getting put in here, I, I wasn't even thinking of busting out. Who planned the break? I don't know. I don't, seems like the deputy opened a blocked door and things started happening. I don't know whose idea it was. Did you see the deputy get killed? No. No, not me. When all the fighting started, I run back into my cell. I don't like fighting. Ranger, you, you got to believe me. I, I turned over a new leaf. I'm going straight. It's a shame you won't have a chance to prove it. Why not? You heard what I said upstairs. If we don't find out who killed the deputy, you all take the rap. Well, uh, what happens if maybe somebody talks? Then only the guilty person goes on trial for murder. I ain't saying I seen anything, Ranger. But suppose I did. And suppose I told you what I seen. You think maybe I wouldn't have to serve my other six months? That's something that's not up to me. Oh, it ain't fair to send a guy like me up with the rest of them. I, I didn't have nothing to do with them. What do you know about it, Desser? If a man was to tell what he's seen, them fellas upstairs, they'd kill him. If, if, if they knew, you know, would they have to know? Sooner or later, you'd have to testify at the trial. Oh, yeah, I f- forgot to be a trial yet. What do you know, Desser? I, I don't want to take no murder rap, Ranger. I'm going straight. I, I, I just want to get out. And chances are you never will if you don't tell what you know. Yeah. Well, uh, suppose I, I wasn't in my cell when a deputy got stabbed. I didn't think you were. Suppose I was to talk them fellas upstairs, they'd kill me. Sheriff could arrange a separate cell for you. You sure about that, Ranger? Uh-huh. And none of them couldn't get near me? That's right. Who was it, Desser? Now, you got to protect me, Ranger. You got to. We'll see if you're safe. Who killed the deputy? The, the guy I used to work with, Carl Foley. In just a moment, we will continue with Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Only a madman or a fool would intentionally set fire to one of our forests or woodlands. Yet 90% of our forest fires are started by people. Most of these man-caused fires are due to plain carelessness. A campfire left smoldering. A lighted match thrown from a car window. A cigarette not extinguished. In less troubled times, the waste due to forest fires would be tragic. In these dangerous times, it can be disastrous. Forest fires destroy natural resources we need to keep our country strong. They impede the production and transportation of critical defense supplies, interfere with military training, and may destroy military installations. Join in the fight against carelessness. Crush out cigarettes, cigar, and pipe ashes. Break matches in two after using. Drown all campfires, then stir and drown again. Find out the law before using a fire. One moment of carelessness can destroy national beauty and wealth that can never be replaced. Forest fires are a shameful waste because they can be prevented. Remember, only you can prevent forest fires. And now back to the tales of the Texas Rangers. We continue now with Tales of the Texas Rangers and our authentic story, Finger Man. We called in two townspeople as witnesses and took Leon Desser's statement naming Foley as the killer. But we knew Desser's word alone wouldn't be enough for a conviction. We began questioning the other prisoners. No one would admit he'd seen anything. The last one to be brought in was a boy in his early 20s. This is Johnny Horn, Jace. He was the one Joe was bringing back from the courthouse when the break started. Sit down, Johnny. Yes, sir. Did you lose something? Uh, no, sir. I was just looking for a cigarette. Must have left him in his cell. Oh, I reckon I got a pack somewhere in this drawer. Yeah. Here, take one, Johnny. Oh, thanks. 
Got a match? Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess you know why you're down here. Ranger, I didn't kill the deputy. I, I swear I didn't. We know you didn't. Johnny's up for two months, Chase. First offense. I didn't mean to take those tires, Sheriff. It was, well, with just Elaine and the kid hadn't been out for a ride for so long. I didn't have the money to... Oh, what's the use? I did wrong. I got what I deserved. We're not talking about what you did before, Johnny. What we want to find out is who killed the deputy. And we think you can help us. No, sir. I, I don't believe I can. You're not being fair to yourself, son. Nor to your wife and little boy. There's no reason why you should have to go up on a murder charge. I'm not going to talk, Sheriff. That, that's all there is to it. Why don't you want to talk? Ranger, don't ask me any more questions, please. You're afraid something would happen to you if you told us who the killer is, aren't you? Sure, I'm afraid. When the sheriff took me out of the cell just now, I could feel them staring at me, all of them. I knew what they were thinking. I know what they'll do to me if I open my mouth. I can promise you, Johnny, nothing's going to happen to you. Well, that's easy for you to say, but I know those men. I've been listening to them talk. They'd kill me. They'd never have to see you again, Johnny. I'm scared, Ranger. I'm scared. What would you say if I told you one of the other men has already talked? I'd say you were trying some kind of trick. Oh, now, Johnny. One of them has talked, Johnny. Which one? I'm afraid we can't tell you that, but we have a statement right here. Well, then why do you want me to talk? You've got what you need. One witness wouldn't clinch our case. We need at least two. Well, then you better find somebody else. Listen to this, Johnny. When the deputy came in with Horn, we run at him and kept him from closing the block door. He busts away from us and run to the outside door. Is that the way it happened? Yeah. I'll read a little further. Foley and some of the others run after the deputy and caught him at the outer door. But he threw his keys through the bars and we couldn't get out. Then he started hollering for the sheriff. Foley tried to shut him up, but he kept hollering. Then Foley stuck the fork in his back two or three times. We seen he was dead. Now, does that sound like we're using a trick on you, Johnny? No, sir. Is that statement right? R Ranger. Was it Foley? Yeah. Foley killed him. Take care of Johnny, Sheriff. We're booking Foley for murder. Two months later, Carl Foley was brought to trial for murder. On the testimony of Desser and Johnny Horn, he was convicted and sentenced to life imprisonment. Charges of riot and attempted prison break were brought against all the other prisoners except Desser and Horn. Desser requested that he be released immediately from jail because he'd turned state's witness. The court denied his request, and it was not until February that Desser was discharged from the county jail. On a rainy night three weeks later, I was returning from a case. About 2 a.m., I received a radio call. KTXA to Unit 10. Unit 10 to KTXA. Go ahead, KTXA. Is Unit 10 near town of White Bluff in Dover County? Unit 10, three miles south of White Bluff. Town watchman has been overcome by armed burglar. Safe in store at 309 Monroe Street. Believe robbed. Watchman tied up in store at address just mentioned. Sheriff has been notified and is en route to White Bluff. 10-4, Unit 10 will proceed to scene at once. Get this rope off here. Yeah. Where's the person who put in the call? I did it myself. Worked the gag out of my mouth, and I rolled over to the phone and nudged the receiver off the hook with my head. There we are. Yeah. Uh, 
Much obliged, Ranger. Now, if you just help me get up. Thank you. You look like you've taken a pretty bad bump on the head. You want me to get you a doctor? No, no, I'll be all right. Just a little stiff from being tied up. Yeah, you better sit down over here a while. Yeah, yeah, I believe I will. Where's the safe? Uh, over in that corner. Yeah. You got it all right. Knob's knocked off. I was afraid of that. He conked me on the head. When I woke up, I was tied up and gagged. Did you get a look at the man? No, at first, he come up behind me. Jabbed a gun in my back. Grabbed my... Uh, that you, Sheriff? Oh, jeez. I saw the ranger car outside, but I didn't know it was you. I just got here a few minutes ago. Well, you look like you've had a little going over, Harry. I'll be all right. Did you see the fellow who did it? We were just talking about that. You said you didn't see his face at first. No, sir, not till he took my keys and started opening the door to this place. Then I got a good look at him over my shoulder. Little fellow he was. I was kind of surprised he had so much strength. Did you notice if he blinked his eyes every now and then? Yeah. How'd you know, Ranger? I got an idea it could be an old friend of ours. You mean Leon Desert? Uh-huh. The way he blinks his eyes, jumping the watchman from behind. Couldn't be anybody else. All that talk about going straight. Should have known he didn't mean a word of it. it. Sounds like he's not doing so well without his partner, Foley. This is the first time anybody actually got a look at him on a job. Where were you when he first jumped you? In front of this store? No, I was three or four doors up, huh? Seen a car parked in front of the feed store. Only car on the street, so I went to take a look. I was shining my light on it when I felt a gun in my back. Must have been hiding in one of the doorways. Was the car a light-colored sedan? Yeah, I believe it was. The car's still outside. I saw it when I pulled up. So did I. Maybe Dester's still around one of the stores. Let's have a look, Sheriff. You want me to give you a hand, Ranger? Oh, thanks. You better just sit here and rest a while. Say, if that's the car he used, he, he might have just left it and taken off after uh, the robbery. Doubt if he'd do that on a night like this. Sure is rotten weather. The car's still empty. Yeah, we'll check the other stores on this street. This has been known to hit three or four at a time. Say, Jace, that drugstore across the street, the door's open. Yeah. Watch yourself walking in. Uh-huh. I, I don't see the light switch. Maybe he's Never just... mind the lights. The back door's open. Come on. There's no doubt about his going out this way. You can see his muddy tracks plain as anything. Right out into the alley. Just a second, Sheriff. What? He went up here to the right. There's not a thing up here but a garage. And the field beyond it. Yeah, he could have taken off across the field for those hills. If he did, we'll have a rough time finding him out there on a night like this. Hold it, Sheriff. What? Track stop here. Pretty close to the garage. Reckon we'd better check inside. Huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not a sign of him. This dirt floor makes it hard to tell if he was in here at all. What do you want to do now, Jace? Put out an APB? Yeah, and I'll take my horse and... down the ladder, Desser. You're gonna put me in a pen, you ain't good. Can't think of a better place. Get moving. 
Leon Desser was brought to trial in the district court at Dover, Texas. Under terms of the Habitual Criminal Act, he was sentenced to life imprisonment at Huntsville. The sheriff requested that I assist him in delivering Desser to the penitentiary. It was about 11 o'clock on a warm morning in May when we approached the Huntsville Wall. Well, just a couple of more minutes and we'll be there. Yeah. You sure they're going to keep me here at the main wall, Ranger? That's what we were told. That's good. You sure changed your tune. A week ago, you squealed like a stuck hog every time anybody mentioned the pen. That was last week. What's happened since then? I found out a few things. Like what? Like Foley ain't at the main wall. They got him over at the retrieve farm. What makes you so sure of that? You cops think you can keep me from finding things out. Huh? I got ways of knowing. You have, huh? Sure. And as long as Foley ain't where I am going to be, I ain't got nothing to worry about. Come on, Desser. Okay. Sheriff, you want to take our guns over at the guard tower? I'll start ahead with Desser. Sure, Jace. Well, sounds like Desser's already got a welcoming committee. Up there, looking out through the bar. I've got lots of friends here. They'll be glad to see me. Let's go, Desser. You know, Ranger, it was pretty lucky catching me like you did. But I ain't feeling too bad about it. I wouldn't be surprised if I was a trustee inside a year. I wouldn't bet on it. <laughs> and you'd be missing a sure thing. You just watch. This way, Desser. <laughs> you telling me? You go right around the corner here to the left past the commissary. I know the way. I'm going to be working on that commissary one of these days. They can't treat a smart guy like me like some ordinary con, you know. You've got it all figured out, haven't you? I always figure everything out. I... What's the matter? That guy buying a pack of cigarettes in there. That's Foley, ain't it? I believe it is. He lied to me. He ain't at retrieve. He's right here. Come on, Desson. No, I ain't going. I, he, he'll kill me. He won't get through those bars. Come on. You have to go to the warden's office. Ranger! He sees me! He, he sees me, Ranger! Look! Well, if it ain't Desser. I heard you was coming down. Couldn't wait till I seen you. No. No. Keep moving, Desser. No, no, take me out of here. Take me out! I got big plans for you, Desser. He's gonna kill me! You won't be anywhere near him. They're gonna isolate you in another wing. Yeah, well, it ain't gonna help him. You'll be safe enough. Yeah, but, but, but he'll be in this building. Figure out how he can get me. He'll be trying to get me all the time I'm here. If you'd have meant what you said about going straight, you wouldn't be here at all. Come on. In just a moment, we will tell you the results of the case you have just heard. A 1952 Republican National Convention has adjourned for the final time. The selection of their candidates for president and vice president is completed. But the political story is only half over. Monday, July 21st, the Democratic Party will begin its national convention in Chicago's amphitheater. And, as during the past week, NBC will be on hand in Chicago beginning next Monday to bring you a minute-by-minute account of convention activities. NBC's 300 correspondents, commentators, and technicians mean that there will be one NBC man for every four delegates. Again, representing NBC will be such famous names as H.V. Kaltenborn, Ben Grauer, Earl Godwin, W.W. Chaplin, and a dozen more. Again next week, NBC will broadcast more political headlines, more incisive campaign commentary, more human interest stories, more behind-the-scenes features than any other network. For complete, careful, round-the-clock news coverage, attend the Democratic Convention on NBC. Now the conclusion of Tales of the Texas Rangers.
And now, here are the results of the case you have just heard. Leon Dessa was confined in an isolated wing of Huntsville Penitentiary. Throughout the years, he has been carefully guarded. As an additional precautionary measure, Carl Foley was transferred to the retrieve unit of the penitentiary system. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. is currently seen in San Francisco Story, a Warner Brothers release. The cast included Tony Barrett, High Aberback, Bob Sweeney, Paul Fries, Parley Bear, and Bert Holland. Technical advisor was Captain M.T. Lone Wolf Gonzalez of the Texas Rangers. This story was transcribed and adapted by Charles E. Israel, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keach. Tales of the Texas Rangers is heard overseas through the worldwide facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Al Gibney speaking. Wednesdays here, the best of Groucho on NBC. Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Another authentic reenactment of a case transcribed from the files of the Texas Rangers. Dates and places in the following story are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Tomorrow, NBC's 300-man news staff will once again spring into action to bring you every important news development of the Democratic National Convention in Chicago. Yes, from wherever news is being made, NBC will present it when it happens. Following their comprehensive broadcasts from the Republican National Convention one week ago, NBC received thousands of letters praising their most complete coverage. One teacher from Michigan wrote, quote, Again, may I express my gratitude to your network for being on the scene of every important development during the Republican National Convention. I have recorded all of the important speeches, commentary, and balloting on my Webster Electric Echo Tape Recorder, and I intend to record all of the Democratic Convention from NBC, too, unquote. Well, our teacher friend need not worry, for NBC will have expert radio reporters such as George Hicks, Morgan Beatty, and Richard Harkness, making it possible for you to attend the Democratic Convention on NBC. Make NBC and this station your convention headquarters. Now, Tales of the Texas Rangers. And now, from the files of the Texas Rangers, the case called Round Trip. It is a Thursday evening in May, 1946, in the city of Houston, Texas. 
In a shabby travel agency near the waterfront, several people are sitting on benches ranged around the walls of the poorly lighted room. A little past eight o'clock, a man enters, speaks a few words to the clerk, then walks toward one of the men at the other end of the room. Your name Dave Hobart? Yeah, that's right. You the fellow that's driving up the Waco? That's right. You got your baggage with you? Yeah, I guess it's one suitcase. Where's your car? On the front. Okay. You know, I was beginning to think maybe you weren't coming. No, oh, I got delayed. Truth of the matter is, I promised to bring my kid a toy fire engine for his birthday. <laughs> Forgot all about it till most of the stores were closed. I had an awful time finding that fire engine. But I got it. Hope you didn't mind waiting too much. Not as long as you got here. I don't feel like spending another night in Houston, I tell you. This your car? Yeah. I'll get in this side and fly it over. Just throw your suitcase on top of those newspapers in the back seat. All right. Hey, what you doing with all those papers? Oh, I'm a bundle carrier for two papers. Run the regular route between here and Waco. I just take passengers along and pick up a few extra bucks. Oh? Bundle carrying pays pretty good money? Uh-huh. living. Uh-huh. Hey, where you going? This isn't the way to the Waco Road. Yeah, I know. Got another passenger to pick up down at the end of the block. <laughs> if he hasn't got tired of waiting and left. <laughs> been working down here in Houston? I've been looking for a job. Just got back in Germany a few months ago. Army? Yeah. No good jobs around now. Guys who got back first took them off. I reckon that's the other passenger over there. Hey! Hey, you the fella that's going up towards Waco? Yeah. Hey, sure took your time getting here. Whew. Where am I going to put these two suitcases? Oh, just throw them on top of those newspapers and back. Uh, I'd known it was going to be so crowded in your car, I'd have waited and taken the train in the morning. Eh, no worry. We'll get you where you're going. Hope both of you fellas like coffee. I usually stop a couple times on the way. That's okay. Sure. As long as you don't make too many stops. <laughs> Been driving this night rock ten years now. Only thing I don't like about it, don't give me enough time with my wife and kid. Either you fellas married? Uh. How about you? Nah, I'm in the merchant marine. Seen lots of girls in lots of countries. None of them worth marrying. <laughs> You'll change your mind one of these days. <laughs> Nothing like it. Having a wife and kid to come home to. You know something? I take passengers on this run almost every night. Make an extra five or six bucks. And every cent of that money goes into a special account, earmarked for sending my boy to college. Is that so? Yep. My wife and me, we made up our minds he's not going to carry newspapers for a living. We're giving him the best education we can get for him. Yeah, well, sometimes even when you've been to school, you got trouble making a living. Not my kid. He's really going to be something. Yeah, hold the wheel a second, will you? Okay. I want to show you a picture of him. I got my wallet. <laughs> Let's get this rubber band off. Here. Oh, all right, I got the wheel now. <laughs> See if you don't think he's the finest kid you ever set eyes on. Now, bring it over closer to the dashboard line. Well, what do you think of him? Good-looking boy. Yeah. Hey, young mister. Thanks. You mind holding the wheel again? Every time my wallet gets full, I have trouble getting this picture back in. You shouldn't carry so much money. Oh, got to. It's collection day. Uh, there we are. I'll take the wheel now. You mean to say you collected all that money just in the newspaper? Oh, you'd be surprised how it mounts up. <laughs> I wish it was all mine. <laughs> an awful lot of dough. Yeah. Sure is. 
At 8.20 the next morning, a highway employee cutting grass alongside the road 10 miles south of Colby, Texas, found the body of a man lying in the ditch. There were two bullet wounds in his head. When the sheriff arrived, he immediately recognized the man as Robert Dixon of Waco. The sheriff requested assistance from the Texas Rangers. And at 9.25, Ranger Jace Pearson pulled up in his car. 10-4. Howdy, Sheriff. Howdy, Jace. Howdy's right down here. I understand you knew this fellow. Yeah, I knew him. Bob Dixon was as fine a man as you'd want to meet. There's the body, Jace. How did you happen to know him? He had a newspaper bundle out between Houston and Waco. I used to see him in diners along the road. He was a great coffee drinker, just like me. We got to be pretty good friends, meeting like that every week or so. Uh-huh. You located the car he was driving? Well, I thought it was found about 15 minutes ago, but it turned out to be a false alarm. Uh, I checked his pockets, Jake. Empty? Cleaned out. Pretty clear case of robbery. Bullets entered his head from the right side. When he's powder burns, means he was shot at close range. Yeah, well, I figured it was somebody who was riding with him. Was he in the habit of picking up people? Yeah, he had some kind of arrangement with the travel agencies down in Houston. Used to carry a passenger or two with him almost every night. Yeah, we better check with those agencies, see if they can tell us who rode with Dixon last night. Well, as far as I know about those places, sometimes they keep a record of customers' names, and sometimes they don't. Uh-huh. Well, right now, it's the only lead we've got. Sounds like my call. Better see what they want. You know, Dixon was always talking about his wife and kids. Never seen a man so proud of his family. I'd sure like to get my hands on the one who did this. KTXA to Unit 10. Unit 10 to KTXA. Go ahead, KTXA. Car registered to Robert Dixon of Waco has been located by Highway Patrol near Farm Road 42, three miles south of Colby. 10-4, Unit 10, clear. KTXA, Austin. That ought to give us something to go on. Yeah, let's get over there. Highway Patrol was waiting for us on Farm Road 42. Dixon's car was about 50 yards from the road, half covered with brush. Sheriff and I walked toward it. Well, it looks like he started to hide the car and then changed his mind. Uh-huh. Help me pull this brush aside, will you, Sheriff? Well, I can't help wondering why he picked this spot to leave it. Seems to me he'd have dished it closer to town, or else picked a place where it wouldn't have been found so quick. Well, there's one reason he might have left it here. There's blood on the front seat. You mean because there's so much of it? Yeah. He probably got panicky when he got close to town. Decided to walk the rest of the way. Well, that sounds logical, Jake. But it still don't bring us much closer to knowing who did it. We'll bring a lab crew to go over the car for prints. Maybe... Wait a minute. What's the matter? Slip of paper above the sun visor here. Yeah. Anything interesting? Could be. Pick up Dave Hobart at Thomas Travel Agency. Thursday, 8 p.m. Jeez, that is something. Yeah. Here's tracks going toward the road. More than likely, he just hightailed for town as soon as he ditched the car. That's funny. Hmm? Tracks turn into that brush. Now, why would he go off this way? That don't make... Jeez, next to that rock. Yeah. Leather jacket and a pair of khaki trousers. No doubt about there being his. Look at the bloodstains on him. Yeah, must have shed these right after he left the car. That means he probably had other clothes with him. Yeah, well, I'll go through the pockets here. I doubt if he left anything in them, but uh, you never can tell. Well, nothing in the trousers. Try the jacket. Yeah, there's a couple of pennies. Looks like they've been in the pocket for quite a while. They... Hey, here's a stub of a bus ticket. Uh, Colby to Houston. Any date on the back? 
kind of bird. See if I can make it out here. Yeah. May 14th, the 46th. Well, that was Tuesday. Sounds like the man we're looking for could live right here in Colby. Well, this Dave Hobart, the fellow whose name was on that slip of paper in the car, you reckon he's the one that killed Dixon? We won't know that till we find him. We decided that the best way to locate Dave Hobart was to check all post offices in the area. We didn't have to look far. The postmaster at Colby told us an ex-soldier by that name lived on a farm with his parents 12 miles south of town. The farmhouse was about a mile off the main highway, not far from the spot where Dixon's body had been found. When we arrived at the house, we saw someone chopping wood next to a shed. I reckon he's the fellow we're looking for. Uh, could be. Your name, Dave Hobart? What? Yeah. Come on, do, boy. First thing you can do is drop that axe. What's all this about? Drop it. Okay. Were you in Houston last night? Why? We'll ask the question. Were you in Houston? Uh, yeah. When did you go down there? Well, Tuesday morning. When did you come back? Last night? Huh? How? Paid a man to give me a ride. Through the Thomas Travel Agency? How'd you know? I told you we'd ask the question. This man you rode with, did he have newspapers in the back of his car? Well, what if it did? He was robbed and killed last night by somebody riding with him. Well, it was okay when I got out of the car. Besides, there was another guy with him. Who was he? How should I know? You got to do better than that, Hobart. You have a gun? Only gun I ever had was the one Uncle Sam gave me. I was sure glad to give it back to him. Why were you in Houston? Because I was looking for a job. Did you find one? Had a few offered to me, but it didn't take them. Why not? Because they didn't pay enough. Robbing and killing pays more, huh? Now, you look, Sheriff. I didn't kill this guy. You find that other fella in the car and you got your killer. Hobart, you say you were in the Army. Yeah. And I reckon you got some more khaki trousers like the ones you got on. And I reckon you're wrong. Is the only pair I got left. You ever own a leather jacket? No. We'll check and find out if you're telling the truth. Well, go on, check. How'd you get into Houston on Tuesday? Go to ride. You sure you didn't take the bus from Colby? Why would I go back there to take it? This is 12 miles closer to Houston. You might have been in town that morning. Then you'd have got on there. I wasn't in town. And what's taking a bus got to do with this anyhow? I found a canceled bus ticket from Colby to Houston that we're pretty sure the killer used. It's dated Tuesday, the day you went to Houston. Look, you've got the wrong man, I'm telling you. Maybe so, but you're coming along with us anyhow. Oh, where to? To the bus station in Colby. Maybe somebody there will remember if they sold you a ticket. in Colby a little past noon. The bus station was located in a restaurant across from the courthouse. Through the window, we could see a heavy-set woman sitting at the cash register eating a large piece of pie. The sheriff said she ran both the restaurant and the bus station. She took Hobart inside. Go on in, Hobart. All right. Buddy, something I can do for you. Howdy, Maggie. Ranger, I'd like to ask you some questions, if you don't mind. Oh, I don't mind. Hey, Sheriff, you ever eat any of my hot raspberry pie? I don't believe so. Oh, it's mighty good if I do say so. Let me cut you boys a slice. Uh, not right now, thanks. Only thing I've got against raspberries, the seeds keep getting in my teeth. What you fellas want to know? You the only one who sells the bus tickets here? Yeah. And never somebody takes a notion to buy one. Did you ever see this boy before? Who, this one? Kind of shy, ain't he? Here, lift up your head, sonny. Let me get a look at you. Mm, good looking boy. Yeah, I reckon I've seen him a few times. Did you sell him a bus ticket to Houston on Tuesday? This past Tuesday? Uh-huh. Well, well, that was a mighty slow day. I only sold three or four tickets. Just one of them was to Houston. Did this boy here buy it? 
no, I don't reckon he did. You see? I told you, Randy. Just a minute, Hobart. You remember who did buy it, ma'am? Well, let me see. Just got to organize myself here a minute. Ooh, oh, it's good. I'll right after I eat. Oh, yeah, now I remember it was uh, Jim Mayo bought the ticket. Jim Mayo? Jase, if he's mixed up in this at all, he's our man. What makes you so sure? Well, I've known him ever since he was a kid. Got caught forging checks when he was 15. Been up for everything from vacancy to horse theft. Mm, you still got to be sure the ticket we found is the one that was sold to Mayo. Ma'am, you keep a record of the serial numbers on the tickets you sell? Yeah, got them in my audit book on that shelf behind me. Mind looking up the number of that ticket you sold Tuesday? Oh, uh, all right, Ranger. <coughs> I didn't even know Mayo was back in town. Thought he was in the Merchant Marine. Mm, could have been between ships. Oh, the fellow in the car with me said he was in the Merchant Marine. Here, here we are. Oh. Let me see now. You got the ticket, Sheriff? Right in this envelope. Tuesday, May 14th, yeah. Kobe to Houston. Ticket number 3544. What's our ticket say, Sheriff? Says Mayo's the one we're after. Look, Jace, 3544. In just a moment, we will continue with Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. There are 7 million smart people in this country. Are you one of them? Yes, every payday, 7 million people save a total of $140 million. And mister, that's a lot of money in anybody's book. Who are these people that save all that dough? Millionaires? Big executives? Nope, they're just average people. But they're smart. They know the only sure way to save is to do it systematically, every payday. And they know there's no safer, better way to do so than by buying United States defense bonds through the payroll savings plan where they work or the bond-a-month plan where they bank. How those savings steadily mount up, too. Because they go into improved Series E defense bonds that now pay 3% interest, compounded semi-annually when held to maturity. Why don't you join the millions of smart people building their future now with regular investments in defense bonds? They're now even better. Now, the second act of Tales of the Texas Rangers. We continue now with Tales of the Texas Rangers and our authentic story, Round Trip. We released Dave Hobart, then went to the house in Colby where Jim Mayo's parents lived. They said he'd gone to Houston Tuesday and had not been home since. We put out an APB on him and stationed a deputy at his house. Then we started checking Seaman's hiring halls in the port cities, hoping to pick up a lead on his whereabouts. We worked along the coast from Galveston, and on Saturday morning, we walked up the stairs of the hiring hall at Corpus Christi. I'm getting discouraged, Gates. Could be he didn't even come near one of these hiring halls. Used to me, shipping out would be the first thing he'd try to do. Well, I sure hope this dispatcher can tell us something. What's on your mind, gent? You're not figuring to ship out, are you? We'd like some information from you. Well, if it's about ships, you've got the right man. You remember seeing a man named Jim Mayo in here? Mm, I reckon so. When was he in here last? Yesterday. Gee. Uh-huh. You happen to know where we can find him? Mm, I reckon I do. Mind telling us? I think I sent him on to the John Duncan yesterday. She's bound through the canal for Honolulu. You make sure of that? Yeah, I looked it up in my card file here. 
Uh, he's a fireman water tender, you know. Got a lot of calls lately for fireman water tenders. Uh huh. Oh, here, here's his card. Wait a minute. What's the matter? I gave you gents some wrong information. Mayo's not on the John Duncan. Well, that's a relief. Glad we don't have to go all the way to Honolulu for him. No, Mayo signed on to the Humphrey Victory. Left last night. Where was she bound? Let me see. Yeah, Victoria, Brazil. I called headquarters and informed them that Mayo was on a ship headed for Brazil. It was decided that he should be arrested when his ship arrived in Victoria. Clearance was made with the Brazilian government through the American Embassy in Rio. The sheriff and I were detailed to make the arrest and bring the prisoner back. We boarded a plane and flew to Victoria. On the morning of the 2nd of June, not quite three weeks after Robert Dixon was killed, the ship on which Mayo was working dropped anchor for quarantine just outside the Victoria Harbor. Together with Lieutenant Delato of the Brazilian police, the sheriff and I rode out toward the ship in a harbor patrol launch. All be long, Jace. I can make out the face of the people standing along the rail now. Yeah. By the looks of the braid on his hat, I'd say the fellow standing by the gangway is Captain Dreyer. You are sure, senor, that all has been prepared for you aboard the ship? We've been in radio contact with the captain. And this is uh, Mayo. You are sure he does not uh, have word that you have come? Not unless the radio operator is a special friend of his. I won't do him much good if he does know. He's boxed up on there like a maverick at planning time. I beg your pardon, senor. Now, the sheriff means it'd be hard for Mayo to get off the ship. Oh, well, here we are. Now, let's get aboard. Well, the way this thing's bobbing around, I hope I don't break my neck getting onto those steps. Making it all right, sheriff? Yeah. And I'd just soon have come after this guy on a horse. Stranger Pearson? That's right, Captain. It's Lieutenant Delato and Sheriff Holton. I do. I've got to admit this is a new experience, having a ranger and sheriff board my ship in a foreign port. It's not exactly run-of-the-mill for us, either. No, I suppose not. Well, I followed your instructions, Ranger. Mayo doesn't have any idea you're after him. Where is he now? On watch in the engine room. Well, maybe it'd be a good idea to clear the other men out of there before we go down after him. They could get hurt if he makes trouble. Oh, don't worry about that, Sheriff. Chief Engineer tells me Mayo's on donkey watch. That means he's down there alone. Would you take us to the engine room entrance? Sure. This way. How do you get him back to the seat? Now, we've already booked passage on the Goodman Victory. She sailed to New Orleans at midnight. Goodman? Well, that's just like this one. Jim got a brig. We got one of the cabins set up for mail. Oh, here we are. You want me to go down with you? If you don't mind, we'd rather have you and the lieutenant stay here. We'll pick him up alone. Okay. Good luck. Thanks. Oh, yeah. Feel that heat, Jake. We just slapped you in the face. I don't know how a man can work down here. Yeah, I reckon you get used to anything. Yeah. There he is. Between those boilers. He's got his back to us. He's working on something at that table. He sees us now. Get ready in case he tries to duck behind one of those boilers. Yeah. Well, this is my old friend the sheriff. Got a ranger with you, too, huh? You fellas a little far from home, ain't you? We've come to get you, Mayo. Me? What? So we can take you back to the States. You're wanted for the murder of Robert Dixon. I don't even know anybody by that name. You rode with him from Houston to Colby on the night of May 16th. We think you robbed and killed him. You don't know what you're talking about. If you're innocent, you'll have a chance to prove it back in Texas. Come on, Mayo. Don't be crazy. I'm not going anywhere with you. This is Brazil. What's that got to do with it? I know my rights. you got no authority to arrest me here. It's all been taken care of. There's a Brazilian police officer up above with the captain. Now let's get going. Oh, yeah? Okay, if that's the way you want. Right, no, Chief, you've got a wrench. Yeah. Just think you're going to get me. Drop that wrench. I'll get both of you. 
That's better. Now get moving. We've got a long trip ahead of us. We put Mayo aboard the ship that was to take us back to the States and lock him in a cabin. Lieutenant Delato stayed in the passageway outside the cabin to guard him while the sheriff and I went to the dock office to place an overseas call to Austin. I informed headquarters that we had arrested Mayo and were sailing with him that night. It was nearly five in the afternoon when we walked across the dock back to the ship's gangway. Stevedores were loading the last of the cargo aboard. Too bad you couldn't get a real good connection when you talked to Austin, Jim. I think they understood what I had to say. Uh-huh. Well, look at those sacks of coffee going aboard. <laughs> Hundreds of them. There's no coffee drinker like you happy just to look at them, huh? Well, at least I know we won't run out of it on the trip home. <laughs> Chief Nate said we should be in New Orleans in ten days. Uh, I'll be glad to see Texas again. Too far away to suit me. It's been a long haul. It's not over yet. Yeah, I see the lieutenant fixed himself up real comfortable. Yeah, newspaper and all. You have made the call, Ranger Pearson? Yeah, we got through. How's the prisoner? All is quiet, senor. Not a sound from him. I think maybe he sleeps. Yeah, it must be pretty warm in there with that porthole closed. Reckon we ought to take him out for a while, Jake? Yeah, it's about time for him to have some food anyhow. You have the key, Lieutenant? See, uh, here you are, senor. I'll get him, Jake. I will be sorry to see you go, senor. It has been a pleasure to work with you. Thank you. What's wrong? The porthole's been jimmied open. Mayo's gone. Lieutenant Delato immediately notified his headquarters of the prisoner's escape. The Brazilian police threw a cordon around the city. Sheriff and I started checking along the waterfront. Not a trace of Mayo. By 7 that evening, we'd worked well into the center of town and were walking down a street toward the first of five or six dimly lighted cafes. I'm beginning to think we're not going to find him in any of these places. Well, he might have slipped through the police net and gotten into the jungle. If he has, it's going to be tough finding him again. It won't be easy for Mayo either if he does get into that jungle. Before long, it'd be wishing he never got away. Uh, let's check this bar, Sheriff. Well, they don't seem to be in here. No. Let's go on and check. Oh, it's you, Captain. Why don't you and the Sheriff sit down and join me? Thank you, but I'm afraid we haven't time. Well, we'll make it again. Shame you two had to make that long trip down here for nothing. For nothing? Well, sure, you released your prisoner, didn't you? He escaped, Captain. Escaped? Well, I just saw him walking around town. I thought, sure, you decided to let him go. When did you see him? Oh, couldn't have been more than five minutes ago. Poked his head in here, looked around, and then took off. You remember which way he went? Well, I'm not sure, but I think he went on down the street. Could be in one of those other bars, Jake. Let's find out. Thanks, Captain. Don't mention it. I hope you catch up with him. Next bar is just a couple of doors down. Mayo sure got a lot of nerve walking around the open like this. But that's the way he always was. Ever since I... Sheriff. Huh? In this cafe toward the back. How about that? Mayo, sitting at a table big as life. Come on. He must have been figuring on a big even. Look at those beer bottles on the table in front of him. I think he sees it. Watch yourself moving in. Yeah. Chase, he's picking up a beer bottle. What? Don't come any closer, Ranger. This bottle I just busted. You get near me, I'm going to use it on Careful, Jason. Yeah. I said keep away. Keep away. I... Mayo. And now he's you. We'll see about that. Get up. You dirty cop. You all right, Jace? Yeah. 
If I ever had any doubts about you committing that murder, Mayo, I've lost them now. What are you talking about? I'm innocent. And why'd you try to escape? Why shouldn't I bust out? I told you I was innocent. I got my constitutional right. Yeah, the Constitution says you're entitled to a trial by jury. And that's just what you're going to get. Come on. In just a moment, we will tell you the results of the case you have just heard. For the Republicans, it's Eisenhower and Nixon. For the Democrats, it's still a race to see who will come out ahead in party favor. This week is all important for the Democratic Party as they hold a national convention in Chicago. And you'll want to hear every history-making development direct from the convention beginning tomorrow on this station. NBC's Ace News staff and technical crew, more than 300 people, will bring you all of the news as it happens throughout the convention city tomorrow and every day of the convention. So be sure to make this NBC station your convention headquarters. And now, here are the results of the case you have just heard. Jim Mayo was returned to the United States without further incident. Ballistics experts testified that a revolver identified as Mayo's was the one which killed Robert Dixon. Dave Hobart, the ex-soldier in the news carrier's car, declared that Mayo was the man who had ridden with him and Dixon. Jim Mayo was found guilty of murder with malice and sentenced to 60 years in Huntsville Penitentiary. Next week, Joe McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of... The Texas Rangers. Technical advisor was Captain M.T. Lone Wolf Gonzalez of the Texas Rangers. This story was transcribed and adapted by Charles E. Israel, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keach. Tales of the Texas Rangers is heard weekly overseas through the worldwide facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Hal Gibney speaking.